You're listening to the Ministry 127 podcast, a complimentary resource for today's spiritual leader. The purpose of Ministry 127 is to aid Christians in developing a biblical philosophy of ministry. Ministry 127 is a growing online library aimed at assisting ministry workers with Bible-based resources and is a ministry of Pastor Paul Chapel, the Lancaster Baptist Church, and West Coast Baptist College. For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. Today's lesson on confronting apathy in your youth group is taught by Larry Chapel. Larry Chapel is a graduate of West Coast Baptist College and he currently serves in the youth ministries of Lancaster Baptist Church. Just by way of introduction, real quick, let's look at the definition of apathy. We all know the definition of apathy, but let's, let's examine it one more time and think of it in a spiritual sense. Apathy is a state of indifference or suppression of emotions such as concern, for excite, uh, concern excitement, motivation, and passion. An apathetic individual has an absence of interest or concern to emotional, social, physical, and spiritual life. They also exhibit an insensibility or sluggish, uh, Sluggishness. So this is uh, just some introductory statements about apathy. And when you think of this on a spiritual realm, guys, this, this is a big deal. When someone is apathetic uh, in, towards spiritual things, that is a problem. And sometimes uh, the easy thing to do is to ignore uh, an apathetic individual. Okay. The session today is confronting apathy. And to me, it's sometimes easier, and we'll talk later on about actually confronting apathy, but sometimes it's easier for me to maybe confront someone who's just outwardly in your face rebellious than someone who's just apathetic. How do you confront someone that doesn't care? Uh, I've heard before that the opposite of love is, is, is not hate, but rather indifference. Someone who just doesn't care. So how can you confront someone biblically who just doesn't care? And that's what we're going to talk about uh, a little bit today. This spiritual apathy is a constant battle because the tendency of human nature is always to slip into that which is more comfortable. We see that time and time again. Our youth groups, without biblical direction and strong leadership, our youth groups 100% of the time will slip into whatever is most naturally comfortable, whatever is in in their element, whatever uh, is in their comfort zone. That's where our youth groups will always slip. And without some sort of catalyst prompting them uh, to take a look at the spiritual life and take inventory, they'll just stay that way. Uh, apathy uh, doesn't take care of itself. A couple things about apathy. Apathy doesn't take care of itself. And apathy affects everyone. Uh, I, had, I, I mentioned to someone, they asked me what, what uh, I was teaching on this first hour, and I talked about apathy in our youth groups. And he said, is that apathy with the youth workers, or is that apathy with the teenagers? And I don't know if you've been there before, uh, but we've all faced times where we've had moments of apathy, okay? So... There's no perfect answer. I was thinking, I'm teaching a session later this afternoon, um, or actually tomorrow, I believe, about starting uh, public high school ministries. And there are some specific steps, and, and it varies a little bit from school and county and maybe your region where you are, but there are some very specific steps uh, to start a public high school ministry, okay? But when I came to the session confronting apathy, it's kind of hard thought to get your get your arms around because there's not necessarily a step A, B, and C, and now you'll fix the apathy in your youth group. It comes down to Holy Spirit-filled ministry is what it comes down to. And hopefully we'll have some practical suggestions um, today. We know what God thinks of apathy. So then thou, that thou art lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So God hates apathy. God ha- hates apathy in our lives, and God hates apathy in our youth group. So we all understand apathy, what God 
what, what God thinks of apathy. So just uh, by way of introduction, first of all, let's talk about, in your notes here, understanding the culture, understanding the culture. And this is, this is huge. Culture has had such an impact and such an influence, especially in recent days. I can think of some, since I was in high school, just major cultural changes um, that has really brought about even a, a great and a heightened sense of apathy in our youth. So let's talk real quick about some of the cultural, uh, cultural changes. And if, if I skip something, I'm really sorry. I'll try not to do that. Um, in fact, I'm going to open my book while, while I'm talking to make sure I don't skip anything. Um, all right. Sorry, I lost my place here. Uh, our culture is an apathetic culture. We, we, go, uh, we go once a year to the public high schools to invite everyone to an open house for our teens. And I've even seen in the last few years just, I mean, you can come, print the flyers that say free pizza blast, you know. Uh, free giveaways, iPods, PSPs. And we've gone and we've printed them. We've gone to the schools. We've passed them out. And they'll throw them on the, they really don't even care. Uh, it, it's such a, a heightened state of apathy. And I think that's one illustration. I, I, there was a, a guy sitting, it was a teenager, he was a visitor in our church, and he was uh, sitting in church. And uh, I, I thought his attitude just was such a perfect reflection of the youth in our society. And he came in church, and he didn't listen to one thing. He's in front of me. And I'm glad he came as a first-time visitor, and I, I, I talked to him after, after the services. But, man, he sat there the whole time with his head down, kind of slunched over. And Brother Schmidt was preaching that day. It was Father's Day. My dad was gone. He was preaching about finding the Heavenly Father in God. And he talked about how, for many people, the only father that they know is family guy and, uh, and just wicked cartoons like that and depicting a, a thwarted view of, of how the devil would like our homes to be run. Right. And here's, here's a guy in front of me, probably in like 10th grade or something, and he didn't listen to one minute of the message, except for when he heard Family Guy, man, he perked up. And when Brother Schmidt said that about how it's a wicked and perverse show, man, he just started shaking his head. And, and that's, kind of, that's kind of a window into the heart of our society right. as teenagers. They, they don't care anything about their own spiritual well-being, but say something about their television show, they'll get excited about that. And it's... It's amazing. We'll have teens in our youth group, and you can't even get a holy grunt out of them. And then you go and you see them on the ball field, and they're the loudest ones out there. And sometimes that's just kind of how it works. <coughs> so confronting apathy, understanding our culture. Uh, during the political season last year, there was a report released uh, uh, by the Associated Press in which talked about apathy within our genera- our, this generation of teenagers right now. And really... They don't care even about the political process, and they're talking about how this is a problem, and MTV has come up with programs like Rock the Vote, and, and these are ways to confront. If you look at MTV, Rock the Vote, their purpose is to confront youth apathy when it comes to politics and when it comes to government, because honestly, they don't even care. They, this this uh, report came out about uh, job descriptions, and you could pick which job you wanted to pick. It was just name your job, and they polled thousands of teenagers. And over 53% of the teenagers wanted to do something either in movies or, or in music. And that is what they aspired to do, to be a great artist, to be a, a movie star. Uh, the lowest, the second to lowest uh, occupation aspired by teenagers on this list was uh, the President of the United States. The only thing lower than the President of the United States was to be a farmer. That's the only thing they wanted to do less than be the President of the United States was to be a farmer. And they don't, they, don't, they don't care. And this is just a reflection 
of our youth. And I think it's important to understand when we go into our classes and we go into our youth groups that we understand the culture, where they're at, where they're coming from, how they are affected. And it's, apathy is not just within the church. It's, it's, it's within this whole generation of, of, of youth. Um, let's see here. Number one, understanding culture. A spiritually apathetic teen is highly susceptible to worldly influences. A highly susceptible teen, teen, an apathetic teen is highly susceptible to worldly influence. Okay, now here is why it's such a big deal. Because if a teenager doesn't care about his own spiritual well-being, he has opened himself up to so many of the attacks of the devil. And this is why it's a big deal, okay? Someone can be sitting in our teen classes. They may not be interrupting. They may not be distracting others around there. But if they're apathetic, they have opened up in their life like an autoimmune disease. Now this is free reign for the devil to come in and, and attack them every which way that they can. And this is why it's so important to confront apathy. Because someone who is apathetic is highly susceptible to worldly influence. When I was, in seventh grade, when, when I was uh, teaching a seventh grade class a few years ago, with Brother Ermler, we, we, we worked in this class together, and we had this, this one teenager, his name was Lucas. Lucas came from a great home. Actually, he came from Quartz Hill. If you know the Lancaster area, some of the nicest houses in the Antelope Valley are in the Quartz Hill area. And he came from an extremely nice house, house wealthy family. But Lucas, even as a seventh grader, was just completely apathetic. He wouldn't do anything. And you talk to him, and it's just, he would hardly even talk to you back, and he would never respond to any preaching or any teaching. And uh, it was no surprise, uh, a couple years later we got a call from Lucas's parents that Lucas was in a park with some friends as like a ninth grader and had overdosed on drugs and now is in the ICU at the hospital. And I remember going to the hospital with Brother Irma and we went to the hospital and <clears throat> in, in, in the hospital bed there he's unconscious and his head is shaven and he's got profanity written on his head and right off the top of his forehead, I'm a loser. And later, Lucas came through, and Lucas was okay. But we talked to him, and here's his friends when he overdosed on drugs, didn't call the police or didn't call an ambulance or anything. They shaved his head and drew on his head with a marker. And here he is. He's opened himself up to these worldly influences, and I believe it all can go back to spiritual apathy in his life. we got to hurry. Uh, spiritual apathy in teens makes them highly susceptible to worldly influence. Some contributing factors, all right? Uh, of apathy among today's youth. First of all, a media-saturated society. A media-saturated society. <laughs> a couple reports that were done, one by the, uh, the BBC, talked about, and named this, uh, this generation of youth the download generation. If you read the report, it talks about how our generation of youth experienced so much instant gratification, all right? And they were talking specifically to the music uh, industry. And they're saying how music industry has felt just a big wave of, of apathy when it comes to new songs that are coming out because of this instant gratification. And there's no longer in the music industry uh, uh, any anticipation for a record coming out because they don't even go to the store. They don't even pay for it. They can download it online. And the music industry talked about this instant gratification. And, and this, this is not just in the music industry. This is across the board, and this is what our teams look for, this instant gratification, whatever is most comfortable for me, whatever I enjoy uh, the most. So uh, the download generation, and I thought that was interesting. Um, 
the, uh, the author of this article talked about the degree of accessibility and choice has arguably led to a rather passive attitude towards music in everyday life. Another report I found, and this was uh, a study done by MSNBC. This was very interesting to me. This was NASA, for the first time ever, had to come up with a recruiting program. They talked about how uh, years ago, uh, when, when teenagers were growing up and children were growing up, man, one of the top things that people would want to be was to be an astronaut. You know, that would be one of the coolest, best things. And now NASA is having to come up with recruiting programs because people don't, the teenagers don't even care. And they talked to one teenager, and uh, this, this teenager said, um, it's not something that everyone's really into, he said. It's not interesting anymore. I mean, sending uh, a spaceship to outer space is just not even interesting anymore because we've seen it all, a media-saturated society. And this, is, this was, to me, uh, one of the... Uh, just a profound statement uh, made by uh, the, uh, the MSN, on this MSNBC report. And they said this, Today's generation of teenagers have been so bombarded with artificially generated excitement that it is difficult for them to find something authentically exciting. Okay, There is nothing more authentically exciting about than a walk with God. That is real authentic excitement. All right? That's why Jesus came, to give life and to give it more abundantly. Okay? But all this artificially generated excitement has replaced real excitement, okay? So when we confront apathy, we don't confront apathy with more hype. And I think this is a mistake that a lot of times people make. We've got to come up with a big program, okay? You'll never come up with a bigger program than American Idol, okay? You'll never come up with a bigger program. So it's not, it's not uh, simple, and which is interesting, too. I read in this report, this first report I mentioned, that more teens or, or more votes were cast for American Idol than any other president has ever received. Any other votes cast for American wow. Idol. And that goes to show you, and that happened back in the uh, 2004 election with 64 million votes for one person, more than any other U.S. president. And that just, sh- that's, that just shows you uh, where we're at. Um, but they've been so bombarded with artificially generated excitement uh, that they could care less about the NASA space program but, hey, we'll stand in line like the first day Grand Theft Auto was released and th- uh, $340 million in sales in one day in the midst of a recession. And this just goes to show you what our culture cares about and the apathy within our culture. Why is this such a big deal? Because a spiritually apathetic team is highly susceptible to worldly influence. Contributing factors, we talked about uh, <coughs> a media-saturated society, Okay. And the media is not going away. Twitter, Facebook, uh, MySpace, it's, all, it's, it's here to stay. And I would encourage you uh, to read some of the articles put out by Brother Schmidt. Maybe you can find it on his blog, or we've even got some mini booklets out. Because how are you going to answer? One of the things, and we'll talk about this in a minute, as we confront apathy, we have to do it authentically. We have to give real answers and biblical reasons and be prepared to do so. We'll talk about that in a minute. Another reason for spiritual apathy uh, is fatigue due to busy schedules, okay? <coughs> Here we are in our church, and I'm thankful for this. We try as best we can to protect uh, the schedules of our families, of our teenagers. We don't have uh, games on Saturday nights that go late. We don't travel the road games. We, from time to time, we'll have a baseball game, we'll have a football game on an early afternoon. But you know what? We'll have, even on a game that takes place in the afternoon, I'll come into my Sunday school class and here's our football players, I mean, bruised and tired. And, and, and this, is, this is what we have to confront. And 
the, the, the busyness of the schedules has elevated and elevated, and teens today are busier than they've ever been. And this is something that we've got to recognize as we confront apathy, just the fatigue. Why are, re, why are teens apathetic? Because of a media-saturated society, a fatigue, lack of responsibility. I think of uh, 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 the, the lack of responsi- responsibility. This is given responsibility, given responsibility. This is not that they're not taking any responsibility, okay? They're not given any responsibility, all right? Uh, they're so busy with school and work and their sports program that their parents are okay with not giving them any responsibility, period, okay? They don't even have to do your homework if you don't want to. They're not given any responsibility. Lack of responsibility has resulted in apathy because if the teens know that there's no big deal or there's no consequences, if I don't pick up my room or I don't do my homework, I'm not going to get in trouble. Seriously, why do it? You know, it makes pretty good sense. Uh, uh, the lack of responsibility. There was a mother I heard on the news uh, a couple weeks ago. She had <clears throat> let her son use her car at college and he never got an oil change and this is her car and he never he's using her car this is a a grown man at college using her gas card and she's like what do i do and the person on the news said hey why don't you just take the car back you know he's not accepting any responsibility he's not going to pay the price when the 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 car goes uh breaks down so lack of responsibility this is given responsibility uh but then uh also uh, laziness, and this is the acceptance of responsibility. Okay, because of responsibility has been has not been given to our teenagers, and I think this is a good thing. Even on our spiritual leadership conference, we've tried, we've made up ways to involve our teenagers. I don't know if you've seen some of our teenagers uh, here as teen greeters. We do the shoe shine. I, I know that shoe shine is a blessing to the delegates, uh, but at the same time, that is equally for them to get involved. And we encourage our teams. We give them responsibilities in the areas of, of bus ministry, and that is a big part, that they're just not here just re- receiving, but they're, they're taking up. Because this is the time when they need, to, they need to get involved in the youth years, okay? Sometimes because of their age and because of their immaturity, maybe they can't help on a bus route uh, in third and fourth grade, but they can do it starting in seventh and eighth grade. And, I, man, that's a joy to talk to some of our teams who get up, man, it's Saturday night. Oh, man, I've got to get up at 6 tomorrow. I've got to be on my bus uh, with Brother Chapman or Brother, Brother Downey. And they've been given some responsibility, and they've responded well to that. Now they've got responsibility in their bus route, and they listen better in, in, in the Sunday school classroom. And it's amazing how that works. So lack of responsibility, uh, laziness, the acceptance of responsibility. Uh, I think of this, mediocre friendships. Teens rise, rarely rise above the spiritual temperature of their friends. Um, Teens rarely rise above the spiritual temperature of their friends. Uh, I'll talk to teens often, and one of the first things we talk about is your friendships, your friends. Who are you with? Who are you hanging out with? I started uh, this last year, probably more than ever, counseling with teens and parents. And I, I don't, man, sometimes I, I pray for wisdom. Sometimes I just don't know what to say. And I, a lot of times before I counsel with a teen, I'll go and ask Brother Schmidt, uh, what should I say in this situation? And he always says, well, it's always, if there's, there's a teenager struggling, it's always music, uh, it's friends, or uh, television, or TV shows. It's one of those things. And I've counseled now dozens of times with parents and teens, and it's never not been one of those things. And usually, I mean, I, I can't think of a, a, a single scenario where it hasn't been right off the bat, at least music, than friends. And it's amazing how these influence and just, uh, and and uh, uh, also spur on more 
apathy within their life, music and friends and these influences. So these are some reasons for uh, apathy. Letter B, and I think it's already up on the screen, the godly youth leader must prepare to minister an increasingly apathetic generation, okay? It's going to get worse, all right? So what are we going to do about it, okay? What are we going to do about the apathy within, uh, within our youth groups, okay? Which leads us to number two. How can we make a difference? How can we make a difference, okay? When we said this a minute ago, <coughs> but we don't make a difference by creating more hype and more programs, okay? Uh, that is not how we make a difference. On the other hand, we need to be relevant. We need to be applicable we, uh, in our teaching, in our preaching, in our youth ministry. And we'll talk about a, a couple of these things. Um, we, need, we, we don't need to come up with more artificial excitement, okay? And that's what I love about our youth ministry. And we can, and I think we, we're all in a process of learning. I think even uh, our youth ministry have said, uh, in the recent days, man, we can do a better job uh, with uh, maybe some of the conferences that we do, promoting it, decorations. We had uh, 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 Brother Eric Johnson came at camp and he decorated our camp and did a, did a, did a great job at our camp uh, with, a, with a theme. And well, there's some things that we can do better, but you know what? That's not the main goal. More important than spending thousands of dollars on decorations on our stage is to have an authentic ministry with our teenagers. How can we make a difference? First of all, to make a difference, we must, we must identify apathy among Christian teenagers. We must identify apathy, okay? As we said in the beginning, apathy is easy to ignore, okay? It's easy to forgive. Uh, I, am, I am the least confrontational person that I know. I don't, I don't like to get in confrontation. I'll, 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 I'll let people cut in front of me and, and you know what? It's not worth the argument to me. And that's just my nature. I've always been that way. I'll go through McDonald's drive-thru. I'll order a Big Mac meal. I'll get fries and a Coke, and they'll forget my Big Mac. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, that's how, that's how it went today. And my wife's like, go back there, you know. And I'm just, that, that is not my nature. I'm not a conference. And I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's, it's not necessarily a good thing. It's just my, my nature. Now, it is a bad thing if I sit back in my Sunday class, because this is my tendency, too, to not confront or, or to see someone that's struggling just not moving forward in their Christian life, okay? It's wrong for me to not say anything to them. I'm, I'm doing a disservice to them, to their parents, and to my calling as a youth pastor when I sit back and do nothing, all right? That is the, that is the worst thing we can do. best thing we can do is identify uh, that, that apathy. How, what, is it, what does apathy look like? First of all, lack of involvement and commitment, okay? Now, none of these are new to us, so we'll go through these quickly. Lack of involvement and commitment, okay? Someone that doesn't want to get involved, doesn't want to be a part. This is a this is perfect example of apathy. Lowered enthusiasm for things of the Lord, okay? Lowered enthusiasm for things of the Lord, okay? How often do we come up with a message, you know? Maybe here we are throughout the week, the Lord gives us a thought, we develop it, later on we get an object lesson to go with it, okay? We even have extra time, so we print an outline, we do a PowerPoint, we come in, and we are really excited about what the Lord taught us, and you can't even get them to hardly even look up at you during your lesson. How frustrating is that? And we've all, we've all experienced that before, but this is lack of involvement and commitment, but lowered enthusiasm for the things of the Lord. And here's how it goes. The lower their enthusiasm is for real authentic things, the lower their enthusiasm goes, their enthusiasm is, is going somewhere else, Okay. It's, it's going towards their television shows, to their friends, 
whatever it may be that the devil has distracted them with, it, it moves like that. All right? So you can guarantee it if they're not as excited about the things of the Lord. And we've all had teenagers. I think of one teenager in our, in our youth group. It started when he was in se- seventh grade. He just came to the youth group when he was in seventh grade. And he wore a tie, and he was kind of, you can tell, he's going through these awkward seventh grade years. And, and I remember just befriending him and challenging him to grow. And something happened in eighth and ninth grade. Uh, soccer became a priority, okay? And I didn't, I didn't know that, actually. I didn't know it until uh, I, I sensed something. I sensed this lowered enthusiasm for the things of the Lord. In seventh grade, uh, sometimes we'll have the seventh graders get up and maybe preach, you know, for two minutes. You have two minutes to preach in Sunday school, and we, we did that sometimes, and he would always want to get up there and preach. And now, he's out of my class, and a couple years later, I see him. He's getting in trouble at school. He's growing his hair as long as he possibly can, but still be right there on the border. And there was just something not right. And this is what we're talking about when we identify youth apathy within our youth group. Every week in our youth, in our weekly youth meeting, Brother Schmidt, myself, and the other staff, we, we open the rosters and we look through the rosters and we look at names. And that's such a good practice because the Lord will put on your heart the name of someone. Hey, they were doing okay in seventh grade, but now they're not doing okay now. Okay? How do you confront them? Okay? The first place you don't confront them because they won't respond well is corporately in teen, in teen Bible study. Okay? If you haven't talked to them on a personal level, don't bother indirectly or directly preaching to them in a team service, okay? Confront them in a personal, loving way. So this, this young man, we'd seen a difference in his life. And we didn't know what it was. And I'd seen it. Brother Schmidt had seen it. Brother Schmidt said, why don't you this week take him out to lunch? It is our, it is our we do our best every week to take two or three uh, teens uh, out to lunch. And I think that is, youth ministry is not just about Sunday and about Wednesday. And this is where, this is baseline youth ministry when you're with a teenager one-on-one, asking them questions, getting feedback. So I took this young man uh, out, to, out to lunch, and we went um, to Subway, and I talked to him, and we just said, I said, you know what, I just remember when you were in my class, and you'd, you'd say amen, and you'd wear a tie, and uh, there's been a change. Have you seen the change? He says, yeah, I've seen the change. Well, what is it? He says, well, I just started playing soccer, you know, and I've just really been into soccer, and that was the change. See, his enthusiasm for the things the Lord went down, but his thrill for soccer went up, and that's, that's how it works, but as youth leaders, we have to be Holy Spirit led and look for those uh, those minor changes that sometimes it's easy to ignore and it'd be easier to to focus on the, the teens that are right there with you or maybe the teens trying to correct the teens that are, are, are disrupting but let's focus on those uh, who are maybe slipping into a state of apathy lowered enthusiasm for the things of the Lord increased sarcasm and this goes hand in hand you know teens as they're more apathetic they get sarcastic we had uh, we've had two times where we've gone to the public high schools and after handing out these flyers that say free pizza blast and they don't care, you know, uh, they'll throw them down on the ground or they'll, they'll not attend. We came up with a couple ideas. We had one day, we had a big day out in Roseman. If you know anything about Roseman, Roseman is the pit. You know, you think Lancaster is the pit. Roseman really is, there's nothing in Roseman. We, we came up with these flyers and they were sarcastic, but they worked. It said, finally, something to do in Roseman. You know, that was the front of our flyer. We had a big pizza rally and we gave them to the teens and they were sarcastic and they kind of liked those. We had another one. We had uh, an evangelist come, the one-man volleyball team, Bob Holmes. And so rather, he, he, Brother Holmes sent us some flyers to promote himself, but we made our own. Just said, help us beat Bob. You know, he passes out and everyone's like, who's Bob? You know, he's this guy and he thinks he's the best volleyball player there is. You know, let's come and beat him. And sometimes we can use that sarcasm. Uh, sarcasm. But 
as as their uh, the thrill for things the Lord goes down, their sarcasm oftentimes goes up. Unwilling to participate in congregational singing. Okay, I used to not think this was a big deal, but the longer maybe I'm just getting older, this is such a huge indicator. If they're not willing to sing in church, that shows you where their heart is. One of the best things Brother Schmidt told me uh, two weeks ago. One of the best things that we have done in our youth ministry as, as of recent days has been involve our teens in, uh, in music. And we have Brother Hopkins and we have through the school. We're just giving them opportunities to sing. And Brother Tellus, you were at camp. We had every night, we had a tour group with us and we slipped the tour group in, tour group in here and there. But you know what? The guys from our youth group wanted to sing. And that was a blessing to us. And it has done wonders for their own spiritual life, just singing, okay? And it's biblical, and it makes sense. So congregational singing, uh, unresponsive, uh, unresponsive to preaching and teaching of God's Word, uh, the inability to exercise discernment. This is a big key of someone who, has, who doesn't have a walk with God. They're not going to get wisdom. They're going to make some dumb, dumb mistakes, all right? <coughs> Confronting spiritual apathy now. How can we do this? And I, I think there's a typo in your notes, okay? To make a difference, we must effectively confront apathy within our youth groups. That right there where it says, uh, what does uh, spiritual apathy look like? We've already talked about that. So this is how, this is how we can confront, okay? <clears throat> First of all, <coughs> I'm sorry, uh, remain personally engaged in your own spiritual walk. And we talked about this at the beginning. Like David encouraged himself in the Lord. There are times we, we instituted a new teen soloing program. There's some Saturday mornings. Man, I just wish I could go and get in my car uh, with one of my friends and go make a visit. And I'm telling you, I always have to pray on the way uh, to the Lord to help me to be an example, to help me to stay encouraged. Because sometimes in the midst of youth ministry, we can get tired, but we have to. Our teens aren't going to get excited about the spiritual walk if we're not going to get excited about the spiritual walk. Uh, remain personally engaged. Uh, pray for teenagers by name. And this is a little bit what we've talked about, of just knowing their names. This is something little to me, but one of the biggest things that I struggle with, and I think it was one of the most important things in youth ministry, is just knowing people's name. This is tough for me. We had a promotion Sunday last week, and I have 60 new 11th graders in my class. And I know I'd probably say 75% of their names. But it's very difficult to go and talk to someone when you don't know your name. You go, that awkward, we can... Hey, brother, you know, that's the real authentic, authentic you know, uh, leadership that our teens like to see. Uh, but pray for them. Pray for them by name. Get to know their name. Thirdly, and this is so important yet so basic, just to preach. Uh, pre- how should we preach? A couple ways we should preach. Preach. We need to preach truth. Not just preferences, but biblical principles behind them, okay? More than ever, teens are looking for authentic Reason. I want a reason. Give me a fact. They're asking questions, okay? We should not cower from these questions. We should embrace these questions. But teach them biblical principles, okay? Okay, we don't go to the movies, but why? What is the biblical principle there of why we don't do that, okay? And, and that is what the teens want to know. So as we preach, uh, preach uh, the truth, not just uh, principles. Teach about repentance uh, uh, through example, examples in the Bibles, through tragedies, uh, restore a sense that sin is a big deal, okay? This is what apathy is at its core. Just, I'm not doing so hot spiritually, but it really doesn't matter, okay? This is what teen camp is about to me. 
sin is now a big deal. Okay, we had Brother Skelly come uh, preach our camp a couple weeks ago, and he preached some awesome messages, one in particular about being real. We had such a great response. But it restored a sense in our youth group that sin was a big deal, that an, uh, the authentic Christian life was a big deal uh, before God. So preach truth. Preach about the greatness of God. Preach about the greatness of God. Um, next, preach about sin and the consequences of sin. We talked about that, restoring the sense that sin is a big deal. Preach fresh and applicable messages, okay? Relevance, okay? And this not, does not just apply just to our messages, but in irrelevance breeds apathy, okay? If you're going to teach something that is completely irrelevant, that breeds more apathy. Why is someone going to care about something that they don't need to know, that is something that is irrelevant, okay? So as you prepare... Even in your daily youth ministry, examine everything you do and say, how is this relevant? How is this helpful? Because irrelevant breeds apathy. Engage the teens, not just in your preaching, but in your youth ministry. Engage the teens. Get, get with the teens. The best thing you can do as a youth worker is just to be with our teenagers. Brother Schmidt has told our youth staff time and time again, if you have to, just go grab a teenager, call him up from his house, take him to the arcade and play with him at the arcade. I've done that several times. Uh, just engage them. Be with them. Go, go play basketball with them. Whatever you have to do. Engage our teens. And sometimes when we're tired, you know, I, I, I pulled up to church yesterday. I was in such a hurry. I was, uh, we had burned a DVD for uh, the service and it didn't work, so I had to go back home and reburn a DVD for a video. And as I'm running to my car, here's like two teenagers. Just, they are having a great time and they have no idea that I am in such a big hurry, you know. So they come, and I see them coming. My first tendency is like to like peel out and drive away, you know, before they make it to my door. And, you know, it, it, that would have harmed my ministry with them. And as much as I wanted to go and I have family in town, I had things to do, here they came, they come, and they run, and they sit in my car, okay? Where are we going, Brother Chapel? Well, we're not going anywhere. i got to go meet my family. And I, but, you know, I took a minute. I didn't have a minute, but I, but, but I took a, a minute with them. So uh, engage them, interact with them. Ask questions, and I know we're, we're just about ask, out of time. Ask questions. Interact with them. Ask questions. We have at our teen camp every year a question and answer time. And it's a healthy thing to do to engage dialogue with our youth group. Even in our Sunday school classes, it is healthy to ask questions, okay? Ask them to make an application, okay? Give them application, but at times ask them. We, I prayed with some guys that, uh, that came forward uh, during uh, uh, one of the services at teen camp. And, man... They really wanted a change in their life. But I asked them, you know, what did you come forward for? And, and it was hard for them to even articulate. Did that mean their decision wasn't real? No. But that's a good thought process for them to go through of how they can make application for the decision, okay? Rather than just to get emotional and really want to change, okay? How are you going to change? What are you going to change? And they sat there and they thought about it. Well, my music is not good, okay? So how are you going to get rid of your music? And make, help them to make application, engage them, interact with them. Ask questions. Like, like I said, at our, our youth camp, we have a question and answer time. Uh, you can read more about this on Brother Schmidt's website if you want to. Just some great ideas for asking questions um, and, and even letting them ask anonymous questions and not reprimanding them but coming to them with uh, biblical answers with it. Um, ask questions. Be relevant. Uh, be, uh, we talked about not creating hype, but at the same time, we need to be excited about our ministries, about what the things of the Lord. Uh, next, plan opportunities to get away from the constant noise of culture. Plan opportunities to get away from the constant noise of culture. Uh, Brother Ryan's in the back. He went with us to 
a mission trip last year to El Salvador. We went to El Salvador and went to Costa Rica, which was neat because we saw uh, an established work in Costa Rica with Brother Bordel, and then we saw a ministry in El Salvador that was just getting off the ground and running. You know, one of the greatest things about El Salvador was there was no cell phone service, you know, and no one brought their iPods. And it was amazing just halfway through the week how when you get away from the constant noise of culture, and this is why I think it's so important to plan a camp, to plan an activity, to plan something to get away from the noise of culture. In our camp, we collect cell phones. We don't let them have iPods. To just to get them away from the constant noise of culture. And you know what? It's amazing. When you get them away from the loudness of this world, how God can speak to them even in a still, still small voice, and they'll respond. And there should be two or three times a year at least where you're eliminating all the noise and you're bringing in maybe a special speaker, you're preparing a message uh, to speak to their hearts. Um, this is like a reset uh, a button. Create purpose and provide goals. Okay, Very quickly we'll be there. Create purpose and provide goals goals. I saw another report that talked about how the youth in our day are very cause oriented, okay? And when someone comes to them with a cause, with a real reason, maybe a real problem, whether whether it be uh, uh, hunger or something like that, that there is a general pretty good response uh, from youth. And they talked about, their one example they gave were these, these shoes, that you pay double the money for the shoes, but these, but these shoes will be used to go uh, uh, pay for another child in Africa who doesn't have shoes. And they talked about how, how well that business was doing and how when someone's given a cause, that they'll respond. Okay, so let's give our teens cause. Give our teens reason. Create purpose. Um, a couple ways we do that. And here, here are just some examples. There are more if we think of them and even it represented in this room. A couple things we do every year. <clears throat> uh, first of all, our Strive program. Our Strive program. One other thing I, I, I thought to say, and, and, and I'll say it now before I forget, is <coughs> another way to confront apathy and, and to avoid apathy is to avoid predictability. Okay? Sometimes in our, in, our, in our youth ministries, something will work one year and we say, hey, we're going to do that every year. Okay? That breeds apathy because they know what's coming. Even in our camp this year, we try to change some things up. We had One year we had an ice skating activity and the ice skating rink canceled on us. The last minute we decided to do a bonfire out on the field. And I'm telling you, it was so spontaneous. It was one of the best activities. You remember that, Ryan? We had an awesome activity in, in, out on the ball field. And we just created a huge fire on the ball field. And then we, we left ashes everywhere. And we put up Christmas lights, played Christmas music, and burned uh, marshmallows and stuff. And it was such a good activity that the next year we were like, yeah, let's do it again. So we did it again. And it was okay. And then we did it last year. Same exact thing. It was kind of a dud, you know? Avoid predictability in your youth group. That's just a little side note. Um, create purpose, our Strive program. Students together radically impacting a vision for eternity. This is getting them involved in our annual offering. And they respond in such a huge way. Some years giving $20,000 plus because we've given them a cause and now they respond to it. Now they're not so apathetic. Here they are selling their dirt bikes and doing everything they can uh, to come up with that. We have an alive summer discipleship program. We, we challenge them at the beginning of the summer. Are you going to die spiritually or are you going to stay alive? And there's a discipleship and accountability. We have uh, there's accountability uh, curriculum that we do with that, uh, with that program uh, to help them remain alive spiritually. We have weekly accountability cards. So those are some things uh, that we do. You've been listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. We hope you are able to come away with some practical ideas about confronting apathy in your youth group from Larry Chapel.
This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast.